What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a more than just podcast production. Welcome to Spotcast, Season 6, Episode 30. My name is Tim Mitchell. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jonathan Kuline in Mississauga, Ontario. Hello there, kids. We're also joined by Hyman Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I found uh, I got a software. I listened to a, um, a, a Mac developer talking about how he developed software um, on, a, on a conference talk, right? And from NS Spain, actually. And uh, I think his name's Orhe too. Um, but he um, he uh, makes this this thing called Mac Whis- Whisper, which uh, is great. It's you basically you basically pay a one-time fee, and it's like an AI, and you take the MP3s and you drop it in. To this thing and it, it just sits there and cooks away while you do other things on your computer and it gives you transcripts so we're I'm, I'm slowly going through the i've done like five episodes so far i'm going back through the, the catalog to create um transcripts because people like tra- people like their transcripts right and um let me just get some of the fu- i posted some of the funny ones that came up the first couple of ones that came up in because i was joking say miss mr and mississauga right well the first one came up with my name is tim Mit- tim mature and I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jonathan Coolin in Mississauga, Ontario. Yeah, we did like Mississauga. That we were we were laughing about that one. And then the second one came out was uh, my name is Tim Mitchell, but all mashed together. Um, I'm joined by Jonathan Coolin in Mrs. Acro, Ontario. I have heard worse. Just putting it out yeah. there. And I'm joined once again by Henry Lopez Jr. So we got rid of Jaime finally. <laughs> <laughs> Henry's going to be a good fill-in, I feel. Yeah, with the house, it's going. It never has a problem with that, for some reason. So. <laughs> so as I come across some more funny ones, I'll post them in there. But yeah, so if you're, I don't know, like we've just been posting them into the into uh, our back end, which is on Red Circle, and then I've been posting them on as attachments on my on the, the Spotcast website. So I don't know how transcripts work, to be honest with you, but there you go. You, if you want them, you can get them. And you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> From me to you, you're welcome. So I'll just I'll slowly go through the, the back catalog and 
I, I'm not being super anal about editing them. Like it does, it comes out spot cast sometimes. So I will fix the little things like that. Wait, 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 wait. We're not spot cast? Spot yeah, cast. Like that's what I'm saying. Spot the cat. Wait, we're that's... changing. We're named, we're named after Data's cat, right? Oh, spot cast, right? Yeah, I thought that's what we were doing. Oh, I thought we were doing spot cast. Oh. Like the guy from Leonard Nimoy's character. Oh, jeez. I've been getting that I'm wrong for the now. last six years. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Whatever. Okay. It is what it is. So we misspelled <laughs> it on the website, so we're stuck with it, right? Yep. All right. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll, we have no fact check this week again. That's very strange. Perfection. We'll throw, we'll throw over to John. Well, it's because I'm just i not really paying attention when I'm editing, I guess. Um, we'll go to Jonathan for the first headline. Yeah. So we'll stick to some Star Trek to kick things off. Uh, last week, we talked about how uh, Mike McMahon, the showrunner for uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, was perhaps putting it out in the universe that if you're a Lower Decks fan, maybe maybe write a letter, maybe tune in, just make sure that you're watching because otherwise things you don't pay attention to will sometimes disappear, as we've seen all over our streaming channels. And this week he wanted to clarify. So he did a second interview and followed up and sort of said, hey. Don't panic. We're still getting a season five. That's going to happen. I'm working on it right now. Just wanted to let you know, you know, I'm, I worry. I worry is what he said. I'm always worried. Everyone watch the show. That's every show. So he wanted to clarify that, uh, you know, it's not doom and gloom. Don't panic. Lower Decks isn't going anywhere immediately. But I think what he wanted to clarify is, yeah, if you like the things you like, maybe, maybe make an effort for them because there's no guarantees in this crazy streaming world we live in now. This is true. No guarantees. Oh, it's interesting. I don't know if you noticed in the article you posted that the the season four poster, it's mm -hmm. a, a homage to the oh, yeah. the Star Trek four. Yeah. With the bird of prey, but it's got the, uh, the alien spaceship in it. It does. It does. Yeah, the so mysterious ship rendered. that is still mysterious. And we'll talk about that yes. in a few minutes. I still think it's, uh, uh Boba Fett's, um, yeah. Slave one. Right? Yeah. Oh, we're not allowed to call it that anymore. Now they've they renamed that too. That's been cancelled. Did they? Yes, yes oh. indeed. Oh, because of the S word? Yes. Which we won't repeat? Okay, cool. So sure. anyway, just a couple Now we're gonna get an M rating. Look what you did. Yeah, a couple of things coming mm -hmm. out of hot dogs. I I just uh, I realized that we should probably start doing this is like um one of the one of the points the guy said is the first two minutes of the show have to be super interesting. And of course they were because we were talk talking about Jaime and his name and stuff. I, but, I think that's um, pronounced Henry, just to make Henry, Henry, Henry Lopez. Henry, Henry, Lopez Henry. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, so just, just in case you're new to the show, you've never seen it before, we are going to cover this, in this episode, we're going to cover Lower Decks, um, Caves, Season 4, Episode 8, and then we will follow that up with an, a, a review of Loki, and I think we're on Episode 3. So stay tuned for that. And back to the headlines, back to Jonathan. Yeah, so this one caught my eye because I am a fan. So uh, Matthew Vaughn, director and screenwriter, has said that he uh, has plans to do both more Kingsman and more Kick-Ass. So Kick-Ass uh, was, was a comic book I really enjoyed. They turned into a movie that I really enjoyed. The sequel I did not enjoy as much, although uh, I don't mm. think anybody did. But uh, it was a really kind of fun, fresh, kind of different take on the whole sort of superhero genre and let's mention the fact that it was like clearly toronto um but it was a lot of fun i i thought it was like you know sort of a little bit silly a little bit over the top a little bit cartoonish but you know i thought there was some real sort of heart to it and and uh really good you know aaron taylor johnson's really good chloe moretz is really good nick cage is hilarious uh probably yeah. unintentionally but hilarious in the movie and uh 
the idea is that uh, in this interview that Matthew Vaughn did, he basically said, you know what? Uh, he's promoting his new movie, Argyle. He basically said, you know, I, I got some more stuff I want to do. And for Kick-Ass, I'm thinking maybe Reboot and Kingsman. Man, maybe we'll go back and do more of that, too. So hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see if if he can revive that. I uh, the, the, the stories themselves, there was a third chapter of Kick-Ass in the comic books. It would have been nice to have seen that done. But I think too much time has passed. It would be a little weird now to do with Chloe Moretz being like 30. But uh, yeah, I think. But she's not busy since the show was canceled. Well, that's true. She's just, she doesn't have her Amazon show anymore, so, yeah. But uh, are, are either of you big fans of uh, Kick-Ass or Kingsman? Would you would you like to see some more? I've seen the first Kingsman. I might... I don't know if I went back and watched the second one yet. Um, kind of interesting, weird, um, but, you know, tongue firmly planted in cheek kind of thing. I think mm. that's kind of where the spirit of Argyle comes from. Isn't there a... Th- he wasn't involved in Bullet Train or something like that, wasn't he? Or no, it was Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson was. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed... I, I really liked the sort of um, the Nicolas Cage, Chloe Moretz role, you know, father and father and daughter, crime fighters. It reminded me of Tremors. You remember the movie Tremors with the the father from... Um, Pam, or what is it? The Michael J. Fox show? Yeah, Family um, Ties, yeah. Michael Gross. Family Ties. Yeah. Yeah, and and he he and his wife, I think it was Reba McIntyre. They it were was like the big the big gun people, right? Yeah, that's so, right. They're survivalists, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of reminded me of that kind of, that sort of couple vibe. You know, in that case, it was a married couple. In this case, it's a father and daughter about you know you know him very sort of like matter of factly talking to her about you know how you handle weapons and stuff like that. But like like Jonathan said, totally hilarious, right? Yeah, well, it's the part where he he puts her in the in the uh, jacket and shoots her in the chest just to show her it won't hurt that bad, and like sends her yeah. flying back like five feet. <laughs> yeah, she's like, See, oh, I, I told you it wouldn't hurt yeah. that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to go again? That. Yeah, that was a that was a I, I really liked the the banter back on between between those two. So yeah, and spoilers if you haven't seen it. You know, we won't go too far into that story, but. Yeah, but it's worth a watch. If you haven't seen it, definitely recommend it. Uh, the first one is good. The second one is campy as hell. It's really over the top. Uh, Christmas Platts from uh, Superbad kind of really goes over the top in that one. Is it the first one where McLovin is the is the bad guy in it? He's well, he's he's sort of a bit of the bad guy, but he's kind of just the bad guy's kid in the first one. It's the second where he comes back and is all you know. He's a, he's the bad guy suited right? up and everything. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll circle back to Invincible. Invincible Season 2 trailer dropped at uh, New York Comic Con last weekend. So we got our first kind of real look. We got a bit of a teaser and we got that sort of one-off episode focusing on Adam Eve. This one really does sort of get into the meat of what we're going to see in Season 2. No great surprises in there for fans of the comic book, but really excited to see some of it actually brought into uh, bloody gory comic book action. Hmm. What uh, Did you guys have a chance to see this one? What did you think? I did watch it just before the show. Um, it looks, I mean, it looks very um, sort of a carry on from where it left off last week, last last season, last week, last season. And um, but yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that I didn't sort of buy into was was the our main character um, turning bad and going against, against all humans. Uh, that's clearly the shapeshifter dude or whatever, right? So yeah, but um, yeah, and, oh yeah, because his his father dies at the end of it, right? The first season? Uh, no, his father leaves. His father beats the leaves. living oh. heck out of him and then flies mm-hmm. off. Right, okay. Hmm. He'll be back. So, so we don't know. We don't know where his father is. Right. Whoa, ha, 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 ha. Stuff with Miss Marvel somewhere. That's right. That's right. Or Captain Marvel, sorry. That's right. We'll return in the Marvels. Jaime, what'd you think? Yeah, it looks, uh, it looks pretty interesting. And um, 
you know, Invincible having to shake off the fact that he's not like his father and having a lot of suspicion after what happened with his father is, seems like it's going to be an interesting storyline for the season. All right. And next up, I've got, uh, well, good news for people who don't want to have to pay for their uh, digital uh, digital uh, rentals. If you happen to have a Netflix subscription, you'll be able to watch uh, the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse film, The Comfort of Your Own Sofa. It's coming out in the United States on October 31st, Halloween night. You'll be able to watch the latest uh, version of the Miles Morales uh, cartoon. Uh, I assume it's the one that people have been criticizing for being re-edited after it was appearing in the theaters. But here we, you know, you can't, can't, you know, do anything about that. Um, made 690 million bucks at the box office this year. Not bad for uh, for a cartoon. So. Wasn't it the biggest film this year? Like, uh, no, Barbie. Barbie kicked the living oh, heck out Barbie. of everything else in its path. Mm. Barbie was number one. Oppenheimer's number two, I believe. And uh, uh, Spider-Verse might be in, in the top five, I think. But uh, yeah. yeah. But it was up there in terms of people love it and blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, very well reviewed. I think a lot of people really enjoyed the, the sort of emotional arc. And obviously uh, it uh, sort of sets the stage for a, for a big third part coming up next year. So do we remember why, what the editing issue was? They changed a little bit of the dialogue in a couple of spots, and they changed, I think, some of the effects in a couple of spots because they felt like it wasn't up to scratch, and they wanted to make sure that for its permanent version that it would be where they envisioned it. But uh, as as ever with these things, uh, people don't like it when you show them something, say it's finished, and then change it again. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Lucas? You hear that? Yeah, Greedo shot first. <laughs> That's right. Greedo okay. shot first. Yeah, I mean, such a, I mean, I hate to harp on that, but I will anyway. Um, that it was such a badass move that, that Han Solo shot first, right? It, honestly, so. I think it's, I'm yeah, get on my soapbox. It makes perfect sense for the character when we meet him. He's supposed to be someone who is not a good person. The idea is that he redeems himself over the course of the movie. I thought that's what Lucas was going for. And then everyone was like, oh, I don't know. It just makes him a cold-blooded killer. And like, yeah, that's the point. He was. He was a cold-blooded killer. And then he changes his ways. Mm-hmm. He gets redeemed by the Force. I mean, the might as well just give him a walkie-talkie instead, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> you know what? You got to watch out for those walkie-talkies. They're dangerous. Mm-hmm. You can poke somebody's eye out with that thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. And this last little story here is is uh, something after all of our hearts. I think as as collectors, um, there was an auction this week where uh, Red Five X Wing, one of the one of the filming models, which is not the same as a collector model, uh, was sold in auction for over three million dollars, basically four point something million dollars Canadian. Oof. Um, it belonged to the collection of Greg Jean, and I've got a couple of links here in the show notes uh, about him. But yeah, he, I mean, he had other things. He had like shuttles from, uh, he, I mean, he worked on a ton of movies, like um, it's a lot of um, uh, Star Trek stuff. He worked on the Star Trek, um, I forget what they call it, Star Trek Two or whatever it was, the one that, that they planned but never actually built. Oh, the one that was going to be a TV show sequel. Yeah, and and this one, and he also worked on you know all the other. He worked on uh, Close Encounters and stuff like that. And he had like smaller models and larger models. Like they would make different size models for different shots. And the difference between this X Wing and another one is you can take it apart and you can. It's like made out of aluminum, and you you can take parts of it away to for filming purposes. But um, 
a friend of his was given the task of going through the boxes that he had in his garage and he opened up the first box and it's full of bubble wrap. And he's like, what? And he opened up a second box and it was full of bubble, also bubble wrap and packing materials and nothing in it. Right. And he's like, oh, this guy's like my grandmother. He keeps everything he ever had. He kind of thing in it. Right. And the third one was full of peanuts. And he, and he, He's like, you know, again, and then he goes, well, hang on a second. This box feels a little heavier than it should if it's just peanuts, right? So they dug through it, and that's where they found this particular X-Wing. But And if you look at the two links in here, there's, like, pictures of, of, of some of this guy, Greg Jean's collection. I think he died a couple of years ago, right? And, um, yeah, he was a model maker, worked on all these, you know, famous ILM movies and stuff like that. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Well, whoever inherited that uh got to be very thankful. Yeah. Especially now, yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, that brings us to the main part of the show, which I mentioned before. We're going to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks, Season 4, Episode 8, Caves. And uh, we each take a shot at our um, elevator pitch. So let's go to Jonathan first. All right, my elevator pitch. Uh, Beta Shift reunites for the perfect cave mission, minus the Horda. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we were missing the Horda in this one. And Jaime? Let's see what we get when we combine a classic cave episode with a classic flashback episode. Yeah. <laughs> True. A couple of tropes mixed in there. I'm going to I'm going to steal one from Mariner's quote, you know, do you want your um, I told you so's all at once or <laughs> in order? <laughs> yeah. I that someone's got to make that into a shirt with Mariner's face on it. Yeah. Or the other one was was the where the green dude says, "We're not you can't leave until I hear the green one story." <laughs> right. Yep. right. It's a good episode. Lots of, lots of, you know, cave, stuck in cave tropes, you know? Yeah, it really did kind of hit on the greatest hits again of, it's it's what this show does best. It hits all these good and bad points of Star Trek lore. Uh, you know, the cave episode where all the caves kind of look the same. Yeah, it's because they use the same set. Uh, yeah. they, you know, they, they definitely had some fun with the, oh, we're trapped in a cave. Uh, the, the one quote that uh, I'll just skip ahead a bit, but... Bunch of rocks always beat centuries of technological progress. That <laughs> killed me. Killed me. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you know, we we can fly across the sky and bend space and time and build a warp bubble, but these rocks are really messing with rocks, us. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my goodness, so true. I love the I love the part where Mar- they're beaming down, and Mariner says, "I hate being stuck in key." And then as you're <laughs> beamed down, and she, begins, she ends up saying, "Caves up," right? <laughs> yeah. With the extra emphasis on there. Yep. Very good. And, and I love um, Rutherford's, you know, nonchalance around uh, around uh, <laughs> the cave becoming baby. pregnant and getting a C-section <laughs> and the cave baby. The cave baby. Oh, yeah. Dr. Natana and I had a cave baby. Didn't I tell you? Yeah, that's that's what I had for my best uh, pew, pew, pew. The best bit of action was, uh, was Rutherford having to get an emergency C-section after being pregnant for uh, a minute and a half. Yeah, exactly. Also, another Star Trek trope: mm-hmm. the random alien pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It was midichlorians, right? <laughs> no, it was whatever the thing is that did it to uh, Deanna Troy that time. Oh, you went with that one. I wrote down um, the Trip Tucker also had a touch That's baby. Right. That's right. That's right. Did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He got pregnant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's it's a trope. It, they they've done it not once but multiple times. Hmm. Hmm. Well, even the, even the aging, the, the when they they were walking towards the, yeah, the solution, yeah. and they and they age out, and then they get younger, and yeah, that because I mean that was the one where you know um, McCoy and Kirk and Spock age, but Spock doesn't age at the same rate, which is why he's able to keep his his stuff together. Let's say, mm-hmm. um, 
What, how do you guys have for your pew pew pews? Um, there wasn't. I mean, were there pew pews? There was. There was. There was the the C section lasering thing you sent me mentioned. Yep. Um, the the, the uh, person eating slime. There was the uh, the beast that ended up becoming their friend. There was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because you used the tricorder to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you understand what I said? Yeah. That's exactly how Devil in the Dark should have gone. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they had to do mind meld with it, right? That's right. Living rock. Pain. Living rock. Pain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it wasn't really a traditional pew pew pew, but the whole weird sequence with Asif going through with his broken <laughs> leg and it's healing all wrong as he gets older. That was so funny. So, so funny. Oh God, my leg fell off. Can we go back and get my leg, please? Hey, can we just go back and get my leg just in case? Yeah. Um, Easter eggs. So yeah, I mean, this one, obviously there was a, a certainly an homage to the, the classic, uh, T and uh, not TNG classic original series episode devil in the dark which of course is the one where they get stuck in the caves and the cave monsters there trying to protect its cave babies it's silicon based babies um but the one that was a deep cut which i really loved was the vendorians so yeah where are they from like what they're from they're from the 1970s animated series that's where they that's where they came from yeah so Mm. yeah this was like a a nerd test yeah was this another was it like another episode was a moral moral judgment Call, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. They they end up being the they end up being the deep cut all or the um the twist all the way through it, right? Yep. And the big question. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess we're gonna wrap all this. What's the mystery of the mystery ship stuff up in the last two episodes? Because here we are. We, we're down to two episodes left to go in the season, and we're still. This one didn't even touch on it at all. This was very much a little sort of. Uh, you know, self-contained episode didn't really reference any of the larger uh, goings on. So have we, so recapping the, the, the mystery ship versus the various, we've had Ferengis, we had Romulans, we have Klingons. Yep. Binars. Have we had, have we had Kardashian? Uh, like Kim and Chloe or? No, I mean like, like, yeah. Not, <laughs> like like Gardakot and Garrick. Uh, I don't think we've seen <laughs> yeah, Cardassian and, uh, Lower Deckers. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen them. No. Right? No, I don't think we've seen them get involved in this. But we did have, obviously, the reveal that they're not destroying the ships, they're stealing the ships. And so the question becomes, who who would steal the ships and why would they steal the ships, right? Oh, they're stealing the stuff? I thought they were blowing them up. No, well, I remember it was the episode with the, uh, with the Menagerie where they... Uh, no, it wasn't the menagerie. It was the one with the um, the one the one before the one with Badgie and the locked up AIs. Yeah. The locked up AIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agamus reveals that one of the drones spotted they weren't actually blowing up the ships. They were in fact stealing the ships. Oh, okay. So what were those guys from um, the, the the doofus guys? Um, oh, the packleds. Yeah, it would be very funny if it was the packleds, given that uh, we also had the you know. Uh, Accused of destroying their home world plot line from a couple seasons back, and yeah, uh, yeah, the return of the Packleds that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, the thing with 50 plus years of Star Trek is that it really there's so many options. <laughs> All right, um, so best quote, uh, they said, What, uh, nothing good ever comes from a cave mission, that's from Mariner, that is probably true, uh, although maybe in this one was a good thing. Uh, again, we talked about a bunch of rocks always beat centuries of technological progress. Uh, that, again, feels like it should be on a t-shirt. 
Well, Levy, you're still a crackpot with dangerous beliefs, but I guess I've learned not to, I don't know, yell at you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Power of caves. They can make you friends with jerks. That's from Mariner. Uh, oh, yeah, I had a cave baby with Dr. T. Did I not tell you that? From Rutherford. <laughs> I had uh, that one as well. The only thing I hate more than engineers are babies. From Dr. Tana. And, and I think maybe the winner for the episode. Oh, my God, my leg fell off. From yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, you didn't have the one that I quoted. It was the Mariner. You know, do you want your? I told you so. Was all it went. Yeah, she she just kills it. Tony is so funny. Even even when she got older too. Yeah. Oh my hip. Yeah. Carnivorous moth. Yep. It was. Uh, yeah. It was funny. It was a good episode. It just. Uh, it, it just is surprising when you get this late in the season and have an episode that's sort of self-contained like this. It doesn't make any reference to anything else. You're like, well, all right, sure. Feels like they could have stuck this in next season and you wouldn't have known. Yeah, it could it can be an evergreen episode for sure. Yeah. Except for the fact that they refer to themselves as lieutenants, right? Who knows? Maybe the Vendorians will come back. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we'll move on to Loki. Yeah. Season two, episode three, 1983. No, no, no. One more time. Sorry. Uh, 1893. There it is. 1927. <laughs> Tim the Time Traveler Mitra, everyone. Yeah. They do go through a couple of uh, couple of uh, periods, too. They don't just go to 1893, but that's the significant one. Well, yeah, and, and it's particularly Chicago interesting. I like that they keep not just referencing where and when they are, but which timeline they're on, and that's pretty relevant, right? Yeah, so, true. So they started in 1863, I think it is, or 1868. 1868 in Chicago in the sacred timeline, so the main core timeline, and then Renslayer and Miss Minutes to disrupt it and create a, an alternate timeline, and that's mm. where we see Loki and Mobius show up. Right, right. Yeah, these these episodes always remind me of those um, uh, colon or um, like when they go back to ancient England, kind of. It's very Doctor Who. Yeah, Doctor Who. You know, uh, who was the killer? Jack the oh, Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper kind of stories, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Kind of timelines. All right, Jaime, your elevator pitch. You get to go first this time. I wrote, uh, step right up for something old-timey and timey-wimey. Yeah, that'll do it. I had, uh, the TVA is doomed, barring a timely intervention. This one was a little all over the place, I felt. Like, it's... I appreciate that they're just, they're not having to look back all the time. They give you the little recap at the beginning of the episode. But if you can remember exactly what Renslayer's motivations are without checking the sort of chart on the wall with the pins and the, the string wrapped around it, um, it felt a little bit 
a little bit like it could have used a little upset, a little update, a little, little update somewhere in there would have been nice. Right, right. So do you have like pictures of Renslayer on your, your wall there with lines and strings and stuff? Oh, yeah. I'm just way into the Loki timey-wimey conspiracy. I got to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, the pew-pew was uh, the, the, the wake-up when she's falling to the ocean. I thought that was pretty cool, cool effect. You yeah, know, where she's she's talking to to he who shall remain or he remains or whatever his name is. Well, Victor Timely and, in this um, case, right? Mister, yeah, Mister Timely. And you just see her talking to him, and the next scene, she's asleep in the lifeboat, and she's in plummeting to the ocean. Yeah. Well, and she what? she uttered the words she wasn't supposed to utter. He had told them yeah, already. That's true. I that's don't true. do partners. And I think that doesn't Miss Timely Miss Minutes say Ms. that Minutes, at the end yeah. there. Yeah, she kind of sort of says, alludes to the same thing, right? Yep, yep. No, he makes it quite clear when when negotiating over his stuff. He says, I don't do partners. And then in that sentence, she's like, I think this is the beginning of a great partnership. And then you see her go, kasploosh. And yeah, he doesn't do partners. He said he said it already. Yeah, I, I had the uh, Miss Minutes turning into the ghost clock. That was very funny. Just, it, it, you know, not necessarily pew pew pew, but just, you know, this is your moment, and she turns into the giant ghost clock and starts scaring people away. It was just so silly, and, and yeah. yeah, boo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of goofy. I mean, do you have anything different? For me, uh, thinking about pew, 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 I don't know that there was a, a ton. There was a couple of moments that stuck out, like the turning on of the loom was uh, was kind of neat, uh, even though it wasn't like a, a combat thing. From a combat perspective, the Sylvie versus Loki on the Ferris wheel was kind of kind of coolly set up. You know, because it's a an encapsulated area that's like moving around with people chasing you. Yeah, and also the part where where um, Sylvie blasts everybody with the green, you know, power thing, and even takes out Loki. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She clears a deck, kind of thing. Yeah, I did like the uh, the moment where the Loki runs into the giant guy too. That was very funny. Yeah, I assure you, any contact was coincidental. Yeah, and then he just goes poof. The great Loki, everyone. Yeah, that was really great improv to cover it up so it doesn't do anything weird of like, oh, you're here and you're seeing people go on stage with the carnival barker kind of thing. So it doesn't really stick out. It's like, oh, it must be just a trick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I had it in my quotes. The the amazing Loki, everyone. He'll be here all week <laughs> from Mobius. Was good. Yeah, you're right. It was a good cover up. Oh. Um, the only Easter egg, I, I'm sure there's more. There's always more. But the only one that really stood out to me was uh, when they are standing in front of the uh, the uh sort of commemoration of the asgardian gods and we see loki yeah. and we see thor and the third god is of course it's or it's a yeah it's odin and thor and then balder the brave not uh not of course loki not of course anyone else and we haven't really talked about balder the brave in the in the annals of all the thor movies and all that kind of stuff balder was a, a pretty prominent character in the comic books uh particularly in the classic uh, walt simonson thor run and uh, yeah, so that was, I, I assume they put that in there both as a nod for the comic book fans and also as a little uh, thumb to the eye of Loki. Haha, <laughs> you're not even good enough to be the, the third banana on this this thing. And he says, Thor's not that tall. Thor's not that tall. Right. <laughs> that, was, that was my quote. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The big question was, you know, so at the end of the episode, it, it culminates with uh, Sylvie versus Renslayer. And, you know, uh, of course... Renslayer had worked with He Who Remains and had made this life-living hell for uh, Sylvie, had trimmed her timeline and killed everyone she loved, and then chased her around mm-hmm. and made her uh, life miserable for years. The 
end of the episode, she basically kicks her through a time door and sends her back to be with he who remains, who of course is dead after Sylvie killed her. Uh, But of course she still has Miss Minutes with her. And she says, you know, I, I could tell you something about yourself. Miss Minutes to to Rensselaer. I could tell you something about yourself. It's a big secret, but you're not going to like it. And so, yeah, the big question is what is Rensselaer's secret? What is, what is, what does Miss Minutes know? What does she know? Mm. What does she know? What does she know? That was also my big questions. I think we were quite in alignment there. Yeah. Any thoughts? Any 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 guesses? I forget. Have we seen what her real life was like? No. No. Okay. Because that's where my head went of like, you know, whoever she really was uh, as, a, as a variant instead of a, you know, eternal person in the TVA. That's what I was thinking, that she'd be really mad that, you know, she was like a Beyonce or something, had this perfect life, and so she just becomes this time cop. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be mad if I could have been Beyonce too. Yeah, was it? Well, she was the big rule keeper in in the first series season, right? She was. She was like a zealot, right? She was the one who was, you know, by the books and do it as it is. And then, of course, it turns out that she's she secretly had this uh, this knowledge and this relationship with he who remains. Mm, right. Oh, she knew about the fallacy at the yeah the, the gods and stuff. Yep. The architecture, whatever they're called. Yep. Cool. Well, what did they say? They said, uh, all science is fiction until it's fact. That's Victor, Victor Timely. Mm. Uh, the, uh, he, he switches sides. It's a well-documented behavioral trait. That's Renslayer talking about Loki. That's uh, pretty bang on. It's pretty bang on. And uh, when will you learn that none of your words mean a thing? All that matters is order versus chaos. I'm order from Renslayer. That was a great line. Mm-hmm. And well-delivered, too. She's good. I made you any others? I did not. I did not. Did you uh, Did you both catch the old timey Marvel uh, song playing at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, with the with the key, with the uh, player piano. Yeah, sound? the player piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was, was playing yeah. the it was playing the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe song. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. There's a neat effect. Yep. That's the time. That's the tone. So this is now halfway. Three of six. Hmm. Do we feel like we were making the most of these episodes? We got got as far as getting uh, he who remains or a variant thereof back to the TVA with his invention that is supposed to help Ouroboros fix the temporal loom. So, in theory, we're we're making progress. Yep, and we're all gonna die. Everyone's gonna die. Everyone's gonna die. Well, I mean, we're all gonna die, Tim. That's what he says. Everybody's gonna die. Yeah. Yeah, I love the part where uh, where Loki asks a question and and Oberos sees it as a as a solution. He goes, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, that's it. We can hack the system. Oh, we can hack the system. That's great news." He's like, "Yeah, do that." He's like, "No, no, no, no. That was more of a more of a question than than a statement." You know? Yeah, the two of them they get good chemistry. It's uh, it's fun. I, it's funny. My wife sat down and watched the first sort of half of the episode with me. Uh, she hasn't really watched much Loki, but she sat down and when Kehi Kwan showed up, she was like, it's that guy. I love that guy. I said, everyone loves that yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh, show. Yes, sir. Can we move on to the watch list? Hell's yeah. Done? Nope. Or big mm-hmm. secret. No, eh, I got nothing. Okay. I, 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 I must admit I've completely lost the thread of where Marvel's going with these things. Now it really feels like you know, uh, anything could happen. I, uh, well, once Loki became a crocodile, they lost me, you know? <laughs> and Thor became a frog. That was it. Yeah, oh. pretty much. That was the point. Yeah. I, honestly, if they could bring back, uh, alligator Loki, I would be much happier with this show. It's not, it doesn't sure. seem quite as 
fun as last last season. Yeah. Well, maybe we should sit back and watch the watch the last season again just to be catch up and find that missing point, missing thread. Because mm. mm-hmm. God knows what timeline we're on anymore, right? <laughs> I get confused with Star Trek. Never mind this stuff. Yeah, really. All right. So moving on to the watch list. I'll go first. I got Mr. Dress Up, The Magic of Make-Believe. It was a really good show. I watched it uh, the other day. It was at Toronto uh, Film Festival um, this recently, and it's now on, I believe, Amazon? Yeah. Prime? Amazon? Um, yeah, and it's just, you know, for those of you like Jaime who don't know what I'm talking about, Mr. Dress Up was like every kid um watched Mr. Dress Up during the day, during the morning. It was on um there's a show called Friendly Giant, which would which then went into Mr. Dress Up and then um in the later seventies they would they would dovetail that with uh, Sesame Street. We got to learn Spanish because they didn't have a Canadian version of Sesame Street at the time. But yeah, everybody grew up with with uh, Mr. Dressup and Casey and Finnegan the dog. My dog's middle name is Finnegan. <laughs> um, Macintosh Finnegan Hadcock Mitra, and um, because he looks like Finnegan. And um, was it uh, Eric McCormick said he'll always think of Mr. Dressup and Casey and Finnegan when he looks at his son named Finnegan. Yep. So yeah, did you watch it yet, John? I haven't. I didn't have a time for it this week, but uh, it's definitely on my to do list. I. Like so many Canadian kids growing up, uh, Mr. Dressup is a special place in my heart. I am uh, lucky enough to, in my uh, collection of doodads and what's it's around the house, happen to have an autographed uh, record, uh, autographed nice. by, by Ernie Coombs. And um, yeah, it. Uh, Did you meet him or you just got the record? I just found the record in a, in a pile of old uh, records one nice. day when I was flipping through uh, at a thrift store. I saw an autographed copy and was like, well, that's a must. So. Yeah, he's to buy. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, based on CBC salary and that kind of stuff, he used to tour mm-hmm. um, on his own to sort of make extra income, right? And um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, there's a, there's a long. I don't know if you know the relationship between him and Fred Rogers. But oh yeah, Fred Rogers Good came friends. to CBC first, right? And yeah. Roger, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood started in Canada and yep. then kind of went went to the state and he recommended ernie coombs for the job replacing him right yes exactly yeah because ernie coombs was american actually yep. and um it's funny because he he said one part a bit of a spoiler here in the story is that at one point um he the school a bunch of school kids are writing about who their favorite canadian is and so somebody uh sent um him an, a letter saying hey you know like I've nominated you as my favorite Canadian. He had he broke his heart to have to tell the kid I'm not Canadian. Yep, and that's why he decided to get his Canadian citizenship as well, right? Yep. But the best story is I'm not going to spoil it. Is is uh, how his son got back uh, when uh, Ernie had his stroke. Hmm. Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave that for you to discover. It's a pretty pretty magical moment. Yep. Well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Ernie Coombs is getting the recognition. I mean, again, he's beloved here, but uh, but I'm glad that somebody has has taken the time to sort of preserve his legacy like this because yeah, he is, he is every bit as important to Canadian kids as, as Fred Rogers is to American kids. And, uh, his, his legacy of, of just fun and imagination and creativity and, and all that is just, you know, it's indelible on, on a whole, if not one, at least a couple of generations of Canadian kids. And if you go to the the CBC uh, headquarters down on on Front Street, um, next to the security office or security desk is the tree, right? Uh, I think they might. I heard they moved it. They might have moved it for this particular for this particular show. But uh, for the longest time, it was there. I've I've seen it. I've stood beside it. You know. Yeah. Many times. So yeah. Yep. The tree in the backyard where Casey and Finnegan used to show up. Mm-hmm. 
And they were, I mean, they were part of our growing up too. Those that two, those two characters. Right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So my second one is um, uh, Brie Larson. Larson is starring in an Apple TV show called Lessons in Chemistry, which is about a chemist, a lady chemist, um, who doesn't end up getting her PhD for for many reasons, um, and then struggles with being a female in the in a male world in the fifties. And uh, this, it's one of these things. that was interesting. There in the hot docs, one of the um, gentlemen was talking about uh, storytelling, and he sort of says, you know. One of the typical ways of story, telling a story is like a, a a figure E, like you've got points on a on a timeline, and you do it like an E, where sometimes you drop somebody into a story, like they fall from they fall from the sky, they land here, you look at them, and you go, okay, well, how did they get here? And then they flash back two weeks or two months or ten years, and then they tell the story to the to that point, and then you know that's a typical story convention. So um, this kind of sort of starts that way, where she's a famous TV. Uh, cook. She's teaching women about the parallels between cooking dinner and chemistry because she's a really good cook all the way through the whole story. So, um, so that's where the lessons in chemistry kind of comes into play. But uh, this is sort of the fictitious, you know, famous TV cook, and this is how the, the origin story of how she got to where she's going. So, I assume the first season is going to wrap up and catch up with where she is in the in the studios and stuff. But first. Uh, Three episodes have been out, and uh, they dropped two when it first came out, and they just uh, one just came out today. I just watched the third one just before the show, and uh, yeah, it's a really interesting, compelling story. So yeah, I, I, every time I see stories about women in the fifties and sixties, it just like steam comes out of my ears, you know. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to be a feminist and watch those things and not be yeah, definitely pretty livid. Yep. Well, I got a couple things for the list, too. Uh, so Rick and Morty Season 7 started uh, this week. And this, of course, is a bit of a milestone. This is the first time that uh, Justin Roiland is no longer playing Rick or Morty or many of the supporting characters' voices that he did throughout the show. Um, mm-hmm. They did announce the the new um, the new names of the people. I meant to write them down, but I didn't because they are not people you would recognize. They're just good voice actors. The first episode of the season wasn't a home run, but it was funny. Uh, There wasn't very much Morty. It was really about Rick, Rick and his buddies. Uh, Of course, all the characters we've seen, um, you know, Mr. Poopy butthole and and uh some of their other friends uh go for start for an intervention that turns into a a, a huge long bender pretty funny uh but uh yeah i'll be interesting to see if the show continues to be uh entertaining as it has been in the past so that was a different voice actor it was yeah justin justin rowland didn't do anything on season seven so yeah, because it, cause it's interesting. I kind of thought maybe, well, did they film this before? Because he sounded very similar. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I liked what they did with Solar Opposites. They just got a completely different actor. And within the first five minutes, they said, yeah, my voice has changed. Get over it. Yeah. And they carried on, right? So, yeah. No, this is, uh, it's it's much closer. It, it definitely sounds very similar. They, they're clearly doing a Royland impression. Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think it turned out well. And, you know. I'm sure there will be moments where you're like, ooh, it doesn't sound quite right, but it won't take you very long before. I mean, there's been how many different actors have done, you know, insert famous character here, Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny, you know, insert famous cartoon character here. There's been lots of them. We're just kind of spoiled by, you know, Dan Castellaneta doing Homer Simpson for 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, like, uh, um, it's kind of like, it's it's a bit like, somebody doing an impression of robin williams versus robin williams you know like like 
an impression can sound like Robin Williams, but they just don't have that frame, same frenetic energy, right? Yeah. I think that's what, that's what I kind of noticed was missing. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. I mean, it's it, it's hard to judge after one episode, you know? Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see how it carries on. I mean, the real test will be when he's acting off, uh, when they're acting off each other. Usually it was Roiland acting off himself. Now it's going to be two separate actors acting off each other. I guess we'll see how that dynamic plays out over the course of time. But uh, but so far, so good. No, no, no. Oh my gosh, it's not the same kind of moments. Right. Yeah. Next up, uh, I have the mysteries. So we talked about this a number of months back. This is the new illustrated book by uh, Bill Watterson. Uh, Bill Watterson, of mm. course, famously creator of uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, so Bill Watterson hasn't done, published anything in about 30 years. And so it was with great anticipation that we all kind of waited to see what exactly we were going to get from this sort of iconic and also uh, reclusive creator who had not done anything uh, after just basically walking away and retiring this incredibly beautiful and poignant and hilarious cartoon strip that he had for so many years. So the mysteries is it's a little hard to define. It is an illustrated book, that is to say that each page of dialogue is accompanied by a page of illustration. It's not a graphic novel, that is to say it's not a cartoon strip where the words appear on the panels and they're not sequentially told like that. So it's, it, it is a picture book. It is not just Watterson doing the illustrations. It's Watterson and John Cash, who is a, a caricaturist and very different style than you would expect from Bill Watterson. Uh, I should preface all this by saying I bought the book, so mm -hmm. I have read it. It uh, it apparently took them many years to work on, and it's very very unusual in that it's it's pretty succinct. It took maybe seven or eight minutes to read the whole thing. Uh, I read it again just because I wanted to sort of soak it in a little more. Uh, I picked it up again a couple more times just to sort of flip through and look at the illustrations and sort of pick up some of the nuance. It's it's kind of allegorical. You can interpret it in a few different ways. It is about the idea that, you know, uh, you know, the power of mysteries is ruined when they're when they are exposed. And it's sort of set in this sort of medieval sort of, you know, uh, castle kingdom. And the idea is that, you know, everyone's scared of the mysteries, the mysteries are right there. And then when we start capturing the mysteries and we start actually getting a good look at them, they're not as scary as they used to be, but it also changes who we are as people. So it's, it's not unlike Calvin and Hobbes itself, which was actually extremely metaphysical. Mm -hmm. uh, it's another sort of deep look at who we are. And, you know, you can read into it, oh, it's an allegory about climate change. It's an allegory about... Uh, humanity. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. And it's also just, you know, it's interesting and 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 the words are very eloquent and, and well-crafted. The, the pictures are beautiful and interesting to look at, but it's it's certainly not, hey, I loved Calvin and Hobbes. I'm going to love this. Don't go in buying this looking for that. It's a very different thing, but it is, I would say, as thoughtful as you come to expect from Bill Watterson. If you're expecting him to to kind of mess with your brain a little bit, that'll be there. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know that it's, I mean, other than the fact that I'm just such a big fan, I don't know that it's necessarily worth the $20 for the hardcover, other than I like to support artists whose work I enjoy. Wait, it was only $20? $20. That's yeah. nothing. 
Just saying. It's $20. It takes you about eight <laughs> minutes to read. You decide whether that's a good use of your time and money. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But... Uh, and you don't have to pay for it. I'll just lend you mine. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, if you are a fan of Watterson, I think you'll get some stuff out of it. But if you're a fan of Calvin and Hobbes, I can't say that it's what you're looking for. Yeah, that's, uh, Calvin and Hobbes is such a deep, deep story, right? So it, it is astonishingly emotional and poignant when you step back from it. And you, I read it at many different ages. I read it as a, as a child. I've read it as a young adult. I've now read it as a, a more mature adult. It it's in a lot of different ways and it's at times of course it's just silly and funny but there's so much poignance to it like waterson is an artist a genuine artist and uh, i'm i'm glad that his work over the course of time has been accepted as that yeah my favorite my favorite calvin hobbs is when he's standing on the sidewalk with his lunchbox and he says how old do you have to be before you know what's going on <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I imagine life in the Watterson household being pretty challenging with that as a child. Uh, and the last thing I have on my list was uh, Big Mouth Season 7 starts today. So this is the last season. And if you are a fan, I'm sure you're going to want to check it out, see how it all turns out for all the kids as they finally get to the end of their middle school years. Um, Again, it's gross, it's funny, it's stupid, it's hilarious, it's smart, it's informative. Uh, I love it, and I'm not ashamed to love it, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it comes together. Cool. Yeah. I still have to, I think I'm, I can't remember if I even watched an episode of that yet, but that's one of the, one of the ones on my list i got to catch up on. It's, it's, it's the smartest stupid show on television. Right. What do you got for us, Jaime? I think it's quite uh, timely for Jonathan's pick. There's a uh, Adult Swim official video of season one through six of Rick and Morty Ultimate Timeline. And way towards, uh, what is it, 10 minutes and 16 seconds, you get to see where each one of these characters comes from. You got Space Beth and regular Beth, I guess, C-131, Summer C-131, Jerry 5126, Rick C-137, and what they're calling Morty Prime. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, we don't. The Morty we have now isn't the real Morty, is he? N- to be fair, none of them are themselves <laughs> yeah. anymore. Not yeah. one. Yeah, but it, it's a it's a good, interesting one because like Morty is and uh, Summer, for that matter, are impossible in the original C one thirty seven timeline, right? Because the 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 wife and Beth died, they mm. couldn't have, have gone on. So what they're calling Morty Prime is. Probably just a nice notation to be like, well, the Morty we start with is the same. Uh, we know that Rick C-137 that identifies which uh, universe he comes from. And the others, uh, you know, they've swapped places with themselves. They had to swap with others. They accidentally got the wrong Jerry. And uh, quote unquote, season two Jerry from the Supercut <laughs> comes back later. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, um, I don't know if you guys are all caught up with the last season, but there's definitely a huge arc in there following uh, Rick Prime, right? Trying to figure out where Rick Prime is. Yeah, and Jerry has a whole... Yeah, <laughs> yes, he does. Survival thing, yeah. Yeah. In the middle there. Yeah, I, I rewatched uh, the last season last week just to, to refresh myself and found myself laughing at this sort of some of the goofier parts of it. Uh, uh, Summer doing the Die Hard made me laugh out loud again. I had forgotten about yeah. all of that, but it, yeah, just definitely. Where did, where did you watch it again? Or you, do you own it? Or uh, it is available on um, Rogers on Demand. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, because it's Active Swim, Adult Swim, right? Adult Swim. That's right. Yep. Cool. 
All right, I'll have to catch up on that. All right, well, I guess that's it for another week. So, hey, Jonathan, people are going to touch with you. Where would they find you? You can always find me on uh, X or Twitter. And Instagram is at JPK News. Or you can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com slash at JPK. All right. And how many people want to get in touch with you? I'm on Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. All right. And yeah, it's it's almost like, uh, how's it going? He's never going to say that. You're never going to change that. <laughs> no matter what they call it. They could call it purple tomorrow and he'll still say, I'm Dev of the Hair on Twitter. All right. And uh, my name is Tim Metra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A. I spell it out because so the AI can get it correctly. And um, I'm that on the Twitter and the Facebook and the X and the, the Breathe and the Breeze and the what are the threads and the... Yeah, sky. That, 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 every, everywhere. That, that thing, that thing there. All right. Until next time, we'll see you in the future or on another timeline. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Spotcast podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the Spotcast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at Spotcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash spotcast. You can find details on how to help us on our website, spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. on crave they're they're replaying the live uh smartless oh yeah i saw that pop up this week yeah yeah so i watched i watched the letterman episode the other day. I, I, you know, didn't wanna, I didn't want to i didn't i've listened to most of them on, online already but they, i think they did two guests in each each city like uh because so, the one i saw t- the other day was uh aoc and uh, letterman hmm. did they do a toronto no. show no they didn't do a toronto show but Ooh. i did See the tickets were real. No, they might have actually. You know what? Now that you say that, because because yeah, I remember seeing the ticket price and it was just insane. Yeah, well, comedy's a strange one, and and I got to admit, it kind of burned me out. I've been obviously, as you know, I've been a lifelong stand-up comedy fan and have seen countless stand-up comedy shows over the years. But it's become kind of um, it's kind of become insufferable because more often than not, you pay to see an artist, and it's not cheap to see like an A-list comedian do stand up and then mm-hmm. within a matter of a few months exactly what you just saw is popping up on Amazon or Netflix or whatever else and you're like well what the hell did I spend all that money for the only one that I've seen that it was completely unique that uh like we saw Chris Rock Chris Rock took the routine that we saw him and did the same thing Amy Schumer's done the same thing uh Patton mm-hmm. Oswalt's done the same thing uh the only one that was completely original was Dave Chappelle what do you mean, like not the same show, or yeah, like when when what we saw him do was I've never seen him do those bits elsewhere. Oh, okay. I'm sure he did them yeah. elsewhere touring, but I, he never turned it into a special or anything. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, just the the um, Martless tour was Washington D.C., Boston, tw- two di- two nights in Boston, uh, two shows in New York. Like they did a 6 p.m. and a 10 p.m. kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Chicago, they did two shows. Chicago is where uh, um, Jack is from. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin, which is where his sister is from, Tracy, and uh, Los Angeles they did two shows. So that was the extent of the tour. Yeah, I saw that um, there's a, a really fun-sounding one with um, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are doing a, a two-woman uh, oh, yeah. thing, uh, and they're, but they're playing basically like L.A., New York, Chicago, like that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. And it's like, oh, damn it, they, like, I love those two. I would totally love to see them, but uh, yeah, not, not for us. Well, there's a bunch of people like that. Like, I'm surprised that Eric, I was surprised that Eric Clapton actually came to Canada because most stars are just staying within the United States these days, right? Yeah, it just depends on who it is. I mean, you know, I guess Clapton's at least he. Well, he knows he can sell at the state the stadium. Right? Well, and he's again, he's not. Uh, I mean, he is now American, but you know, his his yeah. he's not of uh, directly American lineage, and so maybe playing outside of America is different for him. But it's also tough to go across the border. Like I know that I've seen shows where musicians couldn't get out of the, couldn't get into the country, right? I think the big problem is now that they know that we have like all this incredible weed you can just buy everywhere that uh, they they just can't, they get stopped too often coming back because, you know, they've got six extra suitcases packed full of it. That's true. true. That's a new guitar, mate. That's a new green guitar. What's it made out of? (laughs) It's our new hemp guitar, man. The new Cheech and Chung guitar. The hemp (laughs) hemp guitar strap. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's a really insightful talk today on, on, um, how do you measure podcasts, right? Um, Dan Meisner, who's you know famous broadcaster, podcaster kind of thing, he started a company called Bumper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the gist of his talk is that you know he wants if you've ever gone into a hospital and you visited somebody there and they're, they're go to a machine, you can sort of get you know the the dials of how their their health is doing, like a sort of snapshot, like heartbeat, you know, mm. O2 level. EKG, you know, temperature, body temperature, that kind of stuff. You can see how they're doing health-wise, right? And that's how the the nurses and whatever keep track of things. So he, he, so his dream is to have something like that for podcasts. So I mean, the talk, just the talk, was basically like, you know, everybody has every podcast is different for different reasons. Like, there's no sort of formula behind a podcast. We kind of we have a sort of formula here that we started on more than just go to. We've transplanted it over here to Spotcast, but it and they're sort of the same. Um, and because uh, Jaime and I are just too old to change, <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, so like you know your your reasons for doing podcasts could be to to learn something yourself, right, or or to just hang out like the three of us just hanging out and talking about stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And you could do it for activism or advocacy. Um, you could do it for creative self expression, which is another reason why I do this. Um, you can do it for representation to build up, you know, your your street cred. Uh, you can do it to workshop ideas. You can do it to sell stuff. Hey, sponsor us, you know, sell an ad on our show. To be a thought leader would be another one. Make your boss happy. I know some people work for a living making podcasts, Jonathan. Um, uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, money. you can make a living doing that? Yeah, to make ultimate, ultimately make money, to serve an audience, and many, many, many more reasons. But So the way you measure success of a podcast is different. And we've always sort of like, the only metric I've kind of had to look at in the past was the download numbers, right? Well, the download numbers for more than just code are pretty good, but we've been doing it for nine years. We're just starting to see, I'm just starting to see an increase in Spotcast over the last couple of years. Thank you very much for listening, folks. And those of you who are new, thanks for joining us and hopefully you come back for more. But the, um, 
the downloads is just means that a file has been downloaded to a phone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, advertisers like to look at that because then they that's potentially how much exposure they get from from the the thing. But the reality is, and he asked us in the audience, and we're all podcasters. He asked us to raise our hands if we have files on our phones that we're never going to listen to. Everyone does. Yeah. yeah, everybody does. I mean, I I know. In fact, I just go through and delete them every now and then, right? So I do have some shows that I I listen to. Like I listen to Spark every as soon as it comes out every week. I listen to that, and then I move on move on to my my playlist that I have. I look a list of shows that just randomly come in. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen to Love R. Burton occasionally, but sometimes I don't want to have a story read to me, kind of thing. You know, um, so um, looking at the the thing is Apple and uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify for podcasts. For those of you who don't know. They have other ways of measuring um, what uh, what numbers you're getting, and and one thing is interesting about them is they have a thing called a stat called a listener, and a listener is not just somebody who's downloaded the, the the thing, but somebody who's actually hit play on the device for more than as I, Apple says more than zero seconds, yep, <laughs> and Spotify says more than sixty seconds, right? Yep. So. It's pretty cool. And then if you look and you can look and see, uh, they have a metric for how often, you know, listeners come back and listen to the show. Like it's not just like a one-off thing. So a follower is somebody who's listened to more than one episode. And if you were a follower of Spotcast, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Come on back for more. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of interesting to, to do that. And, and so between the talk and, and, uh, that I had to come home because I had an Apple event to attend to, but I took a minute to look at my Apple podcast or our, our Apple because you and I have talked, you three of us have talked about, looked at the downloads and kind of like scratched our heads and what, where do we really stand with this podcast thing? And, um, but I went in and looked, I went into Spotify and looked at their metrics for, um, how many followers we have, how many people are coming back, you know, how many, how many people have come and gone and kind of thing. And that I feel better about it because the downloads really don't tell me a story of, of how we're doing as a podcast, right. Or how we're growing kind of thing. Right. Yeah, they're just part of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but it's, it's, it's not, it's kind of a, it's, it doesn't, it's a meaningless part of the picture, right. You know, listeners and followers, you know, um, people like you can sort of you get a number of how many people are actually listening to this whole show the other the other thing too the metric we've looked at on on more than just code apple will show you the actual show the whole timeline and you can see how many people are listening at certain points in the show like as soon as they hear mike's music come on did we do the buy part yet yeah we did yeah, right? yeah. This, this is after show okay back back to the after show um, after Mike comes on with the music, people drop off, right? Yeah. Like there are people who are not listening to me right now. <laughs> Where are you? But, uh, where'd you go? But, <laughs> and then, you know, then we have to do the, there's a few people we have to do the, the, um, Ferris Bueller thing and say, okay, it's over. Go away. <laughs> you know? No. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. interesting, interesting God, God bless of, the completists. We love you. Yeah, and the ones who go back and listen to the very first episode too. So I, I admittedly, I went and I went and listened to a, the first episode of a podcast I had I'd heard of before, but I never really got a, a good good look at before. So hmm. yeah, my big my big question though, and this is one thing that we we know Jaime and I have talked about this on, and Mark and I have talked about this on More Than Just Code is I've gotten a lot of feedback from engineers who listened to More Than Just Code while they were commuting to work, right? Which very few of us are doing now, right? There's no more, you know, got to take an hour on a bus to... No, more and more, I would say, it seems to be happening. Although, it depends on the industry. But 
like we've now gone back two days a week and I know a lot of people who are doing three days a week. So it seems like it's creeping back towards, I I don't think a lot of places that are sort of, you know, white collar jobs. I think a lot of them now have some flexibility, but uh, two and three days is is getting more common. Yeah. but And and then there's also the the difference between, you know, how often, like there are, like he showed some stats for some, um, some like daily newspaper kind of places where they do a pot, they do a podcast every day of the week. Oh yes. Right. And, and you can see the, the, you know, the chart has a, a, a dot on every single day of the week. And then you have ones where people will do it, you know, uh, once a month kind of thing. And you can see, you know, like, or once a week, but it's always on this particular day of the week kind of thing. Right. Um, and then occasionally there's, you know, uh, ones like the, when they're, in, they're like, we're in seasons on Spotcast, right? And so there are parts of the year where, or parts of the you know, months or whatever, where we're not publishing anything, right? Mm-hmm. And we can be a bit sporadic. So, so you see that too. And, it, and again, that comes back to what I was saying earlier is, is pod, people podcast for different reasons, right? And so it's really hard to sort of measure us all with the same sticks, right? <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's good that Apple and, and Spotify have come up with these these uh, usable, I'm going to call them usable charts, right? Yeah, although it would be nice if we could get it beyond that because uh, their definitions still aren't cohesive. Uh, I know I, I do all the, the metrics work for the, the podcast I work on uh, that, that helps pay the bills. And, and um, yeah, I find it a little bit tedious that sometimes you kind of have to do a little little interpretive dance in between to sort of get some of the things to align. Well, it's interesting too. Uh, I'm looking at the I'm looking at uh, Spotify right now. They actually have a thing at the end called Interact, where they will ask um, listeners at the end of the show, "What did you like about the episode?" It's a default question. And what I put on the last episode, and I'll probably put on the next one too, is I I put a poll in here saying, "What is your favorite part of the show?" And I you know like, is it headlines? Is it the Star Trek stuff? Is it the extra whatever follow up pieces? Whether it's Loki or so. Uh, her name is Soka, <laughs> um, you know, Marvel stuff uh, or the watch list or the after show, like, you know, and people can pick more than one and it'll give us a feedback on, on what they like about the show kind of thing. Right. So it's interesting that they do that. Whereas Apple doesn't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, yep. um, yeah, I think it's come a long way. I mean, even from a few years ago when I started uh, do, sort of doing it professionally, it, uh, it, it is a little easier to keep track of now. And I'm, I'm grateful that it's getting a little more streamlined. It's still, mm-hmm. It's still, uh, I definitely still feel like I, I could use a little more, uh, I mean, there's, there's no aggregation. I mean, I, I have, you know, I use a program called Simplecast to, to, uh, use as my RSS distributor and that has its own metrics, but then each platform has its own metrics and they don't always align. And so, and then on top of that, I have site metrics because part of where my podcast lives is on a website. So then you have to get the site Mm -hmm. metrics and then you have to figure out what the value of each of those different plays is. So it's still not the easiest thing in the world to, to uh, qualify and quantify. Uh, But um, it's certainly, it's coming a long way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it is what it is. Anyway, I I told him after the, uh, when I, I went back to the, to follow for later talks in the afternoon and, Saw so him sitting in a chair and I said, Hey, by the way, I had a look at my stats and I feel much better now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Did you come away with any like new uh, things like, Oh, I got to check this out. This is sounded great. Uh, well, there hmm. were a bunch of really interesting shows. I mean, like uh, Canada True Crime is an interesting one. Um, that was one where just, just like Morgan Just Coach, you just started <laughs> doing it. Tim, right? Ixnay, we've got an American here. We don't have crime, remember? Oh, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fiction thing. There's like a tree in the backyard <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, and there's like a pup, a couple of puppets. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that was a good one. Actually, let me look at my notes here. And of course, lots of people from from CBC that I've I've heard over the years to actually see what they look like. You know, um, Katie Lar does a, a a newsletter called Pod the North, which I've subscribed to. You might want to put, jump on that one too, John. Um, she's a interesting person. I spoke to her briefly and in, 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 during over coffee, she's a, a freelance spot, a podcaster. So she goes and helps people build podcasts and stuff like that and get them on. There is another podcast festival called On Air Fest that one of the people from CBC mentioned. Um, yeah, it was interesting because there's lots of, I think the, the, the idea behind the pod, by the conference and just like any other conference, it's some people are just thinking about getting into podcasting. Some, I spoke to one person who's written a couple of shows and produced it, but still hasn't published it. And it's like, I'm like, dude, get it out there. You know, um, I must say it is, it is infectious. I mean, obviously Tim, you've worked on a number of podcasts over the years, but mm-hmm. uh, the more time you spend with it as a, as a sort of uh, a creative exercise, as well as a, a platform, it does become quite addictive. You're like, Oh, I've got 10 more ideas and <laughs> things I'd love to do. You know, I definitely feel like, you know, uh, there's, there's other ideas percolating that I'd love to explore at some point in my life. Well, there's, there's, I mean, there's also, there's different styles of podcast. Like there's the long form narrative mm-hmm. where you basically like serial was the big one where you have, you tell a story over a number of episodes mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's the true crime ones where people go in and they get the historical records and they go through the archive. Like CBC is a great place because they got all the, the media archives and stuff like that. Um, but there was one, there was one they were talking about, uh, the gentleman, there was a gentleman from Connie Nas there today talking about this one investigative reporter one, which is just coming out. It's coming out in January, um, where they, they did such a good job of like, they just, Connie Nas has just acquired this podcast, but in a previous episode, a previous series, they did a, a, a thing about a kid that was murdered in Michigan, I think it was. Mm. And it was kind of like an unsolved case. And after they went back through the court, somebody was, somebody was convicted after six trials of this particular murder. And they went through all the court records and they found like they, it's basically like a, a perfect demonstration of, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, judicial, like, you know, like, what do you call it when they, they screw up? Um, oh, malpractice or well, ineptitude? Yeah, just like, a, yeah, just, you know, just the, them screwing up. I, the, I had the word in my head till I started talking about anyway. Um, they convinced the sheriff department to go back and review the, they find like, you know, what it is is the, the, the police wanted this guy to be the guy. Right. And they tried him six times to try and get him. And they finally convicted him. And this podcast came along with all their, with all their proofs and stuff like that, that they uncovered and the Supreme court overturned the conviction. Hmm. You know, so the guy, the guy got like, cause he didn't I guess clear miscarriage of justice. I think that's yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah. looking for. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just interesting stuff. And then, you know, like, like, and they're doing like, they're doing a, um, Canada land was last night, a live one. Um, tomorrow they're doing like one about cooking and uh, fashion. And then I think I'm going to see Terry O'Reilly, who's one of one of the podcasts I would listen to all the time called age of persuasion, which is about marketing. And he's, I already bought this ticket before I even found out about the uh, festival. Hmm. But I'm going to see him on Sunday, uh, record a, a issue or an episode of that live. So yeah. Maybe I'll take a book and get him to sign it. I've got a couple of his books here yeah. that aren't signed. Yeah, it's all good. Hmm. And they apparently they do it twice a year. And then, like I said, there's another one called On Air Fest, which we'll have to try to go to. So I think, you know, um, as you know, again, it's, it's funny because because I've been doing this for 10 years or more, um, 
you know, there's a lot that I've learned the hard way, you mm-hmm. know, so it's good to have people who are, are, and, and you don't have to be successful if you don't want to be. I mean, like the, the, the reasons you do podcasting is it's kind of like the analogy that Dan Meisner talked about was he, he had this timeline from, from, you know, novice to pro. And he said, for the metaphor, I'm just going to say tennis, right? So let's look at tennis. So he showed a picture of a couple of the kids shaking hands at a tennis court. He goes, you know, here they are. They're like the kids obviously learning to play tennis. They're shaking hands. So they're doing some kind of business deal. I don't know. Says, what is their motivation for doing this? I don't know. It's, it's a stock photo about, you know, for tennis, right? He says, but they're, they're, they're not doing tennis wrong, right? And then he moved on to the next picture and it was, you know, somebody play, somebody serving him at the ball. He's like, here, she's serving the ball. She looks like she knows what she's doing. You know, she's not, you know, making a living at this, but she's not doing tennis wrong. And then gets to a point where he shows a guy instructing a little kid on how to hit, how to hold a racket and stuff like that. You hear clearly this guy's instructing someone on how to do this, you know, but neither one of them is doing tennis wrong. And then he goes, this is Serena Williams. You may have heard of her, right? Yeah. She's worth like, 60 million dollars or whatever like 90 million like crazy amounts of money she's won prize money and sponsorships and whatever she's like un- indisputably the, mo- the the most famous tennis player on the planet right and she's not doing tennis wrong either yeah right so where you put yourself on that spectrum as a podcaster right doesn't really matter right as long as you're as long as the reason you did you're doing it for is the reason you're on that part of the spectrum right like we're not going to be, we're not going to be Canada Land, or we're not going to be NPR, or you know, This American Life here at Spotcast. You know, okay, okay, my world is shattered. What are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about, Willis? But you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, ideally, we would like to get to the point where where this is a self 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 sustaining episode effort, right? But you know, if it doesn't, maybe we'll move on to something else. Maybe we'll move on to like a. Long, maybe you take some of your writing ideas and turn it into a long form podcast, right? There you go. There you go. Narrative thing or whatever. We, um, yeah. Well, you know, after Lower Decks ends, there is no anything as far as when the next Star Trek is. So we, we may be forced into <laughs> to coming up with something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing too is consistency too. We have to, we have to get back on that more than just code podcast, uh, course as well, John. Or, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know nothing about code, so I'm out. <laughs> we don't know nothing about code either, but you know, we just <laughs> do a podcast. We do we we do code on a podcast. Right. Thoughts, I mean? You know, it's kind of interesting listening about some of these things here because it, it is sort of weird seeing things play out in uh the media. Like I think somewhere in my RSS feed of a backlog of stuff is like the wild past six months of podcasting. And it's kind of weird for for them to put it that way, as if like the bottom was falling out. It's like, look, not everything yeah. is Joe Rogan experience. Not everything is yeah. uh, serial. It's like, those were the outliers. I'm sure they get talked about a lot, but like, I'm not going to say that's not real podcasting, but it's also not real podcasting. <laughs> well, <not laughs> it's if, like the glam, can... weird version of it. It's, it's, look, and, and I know what I'm, I feel like I know what I'm talking about here in terms of like, when I go camping, it's not real camping, right? It's glam camping of like, yeah. you know, there's toilets near that nearby, sometimes showers or sinks. Like, that's not the same as like one of my cousins who grew up in Alaska where, you know, she does the kind of camping of like, you put everything in your pack, you hike out and you bring a shovel to dig holes for your stuff, right? Like, yeah. that's real camping. And I feel like what we do is real podcasting. The other thing 
is just an audio version of some other production. Well, it's like not every TV show can be Game of Thrones. And by the same token, Game of Thrones is over, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, unless, unless they bring it back or something or redo it. But yeah. Well, could you no, imagine what we could do with a production uh, value of a Game of Thrones episode? Best podcast ever. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Just spend it all on wild uh, special audio effects. That's right. And now, here's Jaime Lopez Jr. How's it going? Going, 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 going. And no, I know. Think, I think we have to say Strike Force 5. <laughs> with the, uh, the, the thunderclap. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, they call it a lightning strike on that show, but it's a thunderclap. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> it's a common mistake. Get your facts ready, right? right? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and by the same token, yeah, you, you get, you get like, you know, um, three actors to do smart lists. You get, you know, five talk show hosts to do Strike Force 5. They're going to kick us, kick our butts because they've got so much more credibility than we do, right? Well, and the name brands and yeah, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the same, the same. I hope you're listening, Ryan Reynolds, Mint Mobile, you know, <laughs> everybody should get Mint Mobile. It's awesome. And, and, and drink vodka while you're at it. No, no, gin, air, gin. What's it? it's aviation gin. Aviation gin. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got the wrong, wrong sponsor. <laughs> uh, aviation gin. Everybody should drink aviation gin. Okay, Ryan. <laughs> and Dead, Deadpool 3 is going to be an amazing movie. <laughs> like, dude, I thought you supported Canadian content. So yeah. Yeah. He is Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's got to support us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jaime wants you to support Canadian content. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So even though it was a lot, you know, it was, it was a painful amount of money to spend that was... Uh, and it's funny because I, I, I just literally spent the, the money on the ticket and then somebody knocked on my door and said, can you fix my Mac? I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess so. And then, you know, at least paid for half the ticket. There you go. <laughs> you know? There you go. Yeah. It's all good. And then and then the Uber driver on the way home wants me to create a website for him. So oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yep. Always hustling. Always, always hustling. Closing. Always hustling. Always be closing. Yeah, no, no, exactly. no kidding. No kidding. Can you teach your, can you teach your kids about that? <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't find my my spot cash shirt. So I wore my my um I wore my actually twenty seventeen um, more than just code world tour t shirt. Oh there you go. Which is great because it's got a story to tell too, right? Kind of thing, right? So I mean, the fact that I'm standing there with a podcast, a podcast T-shirt that's from 2017 impressed people. And then when I told them to look, read the back, because I couldn't remember the names of the cities on the back, because and it was done as a joke, because you know I think Jaime, you did a talk in Melbourne that year, right? Or was it Greg? No, Greg. Yeah. Greg. Greg did one, and it was based off of the idea of the Realm World Tour. Remember when they sent their their uh, engineers to go show off their their cool technology at various places around the world? Yeah, so I went to Cupertino that year. Um, oh no, you went to Cupertino. That wasn't wasn't 2017 your year at WWDC. No, I think it was 2015 for the last time. Maybe I was 2017 there. was Mark. Maybe or yeah. I know Greg was there for sure. And then yeah, Toronto and San Jose and yeah, all the places. I sh- I should look at. I mean, I got the artwork on the computer in front of me. I could look at it, but it's sort sort of our our concert tea, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, were you on with us the uh, the episode we discussed the fact that uh, some girl that Xavier was chatting up recognized it and laughed and got the joke, the WBC yeah. lottery joke? Yeah, yeah. Oh. You could say like that was your signal right there. Yeah, marry that, that girl. <laughs> just make, get marry her. Don't don't beat around the bush. Just just propose Never mind right that. now. Get her to build you an app. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, if she if she gets MTGC uh, MTJC jokes, that's that's the one. That's the one. You're not gonna do better than that. Just just go ahead, go for it. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, we did make a Google I.O. one too, but we haven't really sold any of those yet. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that the other day. I need to order uh, the the pink Spock cash shirt for my daughter. I, I, I just uh, I just set up a um, Shopify channel oh, yeah. as a test, and I and I put the T-shirt on there. But we'll see. Nice. I don't know. I might, I might end up closing it down. It's like a like somebody sh- had an automation to set it up for me, and I thought, oh, well, let's see what he does, and you know, and then stick around for the pitch at the end, right? But um, yeah, so it's ITG Promotions. Hmm. But uh, yeah, anyway, but but the um, because I had that Etsy store, but then you're right. I, I did set up on Teespring for Boss to pick up a shirt. Yep. Peter Patter. Uh, yeah, I know. I was honestly, I, I started doing some Christmas uh, shopping this this week. I picked up a couple things, and it was just already started yeah. down the path. I'm like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make a pink one for this one. I should go back in and make a pink one. Yep. I did green and navy and red and royal. Yeah, I should have done pink. Is it pink with white? I can't remember. It was pink with black. I think it was pink with white. White, okay. Yeah, it's like the maple leaf one that uh, you can get. Yep. Do they have the Kraken uh, shirt there, Jaime? With pink? If you say pink and then the name of that Seattle sports team, we're going to get another M rating. I'm just saying. Kraken? Ah! <laughs> I did say it already. <laughs> but not at same. Not in the same sentence. Yeah. I was, well, I'm the one that puts the M ratings on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have to. If Otherwise, if, if I don't and somebody complains, then Apple will say, your podcast is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Get the crackdown. Yeah. Yeah. So far, I uh, haven't, haven't gotten any, uh, any F-bombs into the, uh, the work podcast. Thank goodness. No. Your, your podcast? No, no. Thank goodness. None, none, none yet. You can always bleep them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, we do from time to time have like, you know, uh, salty nurses and stuff on. I, I keep waiting for one of do them you? to, oh yeah. I mean, we talk about a lot of pretty, you know, deep healthcare stuff. And some of it is about, you know, like deep, levels of stress and and just the experiences people are going through and i again i just keep waiting for these words to come out i'm like oh thank god you didn't say that yeah cool all right are we done yeah i think we're done is that it yeah is it over yeah we're done. so what so when is the next star trek thing coming out they have not announced anything officially all they've said is the final season of discovery is coming in early 2024 but that could be january what? it could be march they have not oh, yeah, put a date we're to almost it. at the end of the year anyway. The yeah, only thing that we have that uh, you know we could discuss whether we, we want to cover is the uh, all the um, anniversary Doctor Who stuffs come, supposed to again come in November. They have not said when, but it's supposed to start in and then. So we'd have to decide if we want to chat about that or if there's anything else we want to tackle in the absence of uh, new sci-fi and fantasy television because it's going to be, I think, a little dry for a bit there. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.